You're listening to episode 312 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we are going to talk about uh, things to pay attention to when dating. This is, I have a very specific list of things that we're going to get into today. (laughs) And I came up with this list like off the top of my head because somebody was asking me about it and I mentioned a couple things and I was already like populating a list in my head and they were so blown away by the first couple things that I'm like okay I clearly need to do a podcast episode on this because somebody else needs to hear this and this is honed over many many life lessons (laughs) many many life lessons and um, I now have very specific things that I look for not in the sense of because I want to be very clear this isn't about testing people Okay, that that's not that's not fair. Like I I just I don't I don't like the vibe that's attached to that. These are not tests. These are simply observations and then you get to decide what you do with whatever you end up observing. Okay? That's that's what this is about. This is just about observing and and again, you know, anything I say here, um I always really like to remind people of this. There, there may be things that I mentioned here to look for that maybe you don't really give two shits about, and that's fine too. <laughs> I'm just giving you the list, and then you can choose what to do with it. So first and foremost, this is the most important one, and I cannot underscore the significance of paying attention to this particular thing. Listen to how someone talks about their ex or exes, you know, plural, whatever, whatever listen to how they talk about their ex. This is such a key part. I I cannot underscore this enough. If someone speaks super poorly of their ex, and I'm talking, you know, they say like, oh, I I hate them or or she's crazy or he's an asshole or or whatever. Just just being almost aggressive sometimes in, in how they speak about them. If somebody hates their ex, and they make that very clear to you, it means that they still hold an enormous emotional attachment to their ex. And what I mean by that is, is it's almost like if, if they hate them, they might as well love them. Because first of all, it's a very fine line between love and hate. And secondly, it's an indication of how much there is still there to be processed for them in relation to that person. And when we get to a place of letting go of someone, of letting go of a situation, if you have truly let go of someone or something, you get to a place of being almost neutral about it. 
it, it doesn't mean that you don't still hold opinions on how a particular relationship went down or, or about a particular person. You, you, of course, like you can still have your opinions. But when we have truly done the work and actually let go and detached from that person or situation, then that, that is a sign of healing. But if somebody is still super, if, if talking about their ex is still a very emotionally volatile subject for them, there's still a lot there that needs to be dealt with. If, if you're not super emotional or upset about a situation with an ex anymore, it likely means you've gotten closure, like that you've given yourself closure because closure comes from within. I've done an entire podcast episode about that that I can reference. And, and you have, you've let the, the person or the situation go. You have moved forward. You have progressed. You have healed. You have healed. And if someone speaks very poorly about their ex, there, there's also the other side of that, which is the, the other thing that it brings up to, for me, is if someone puts all of the blame on the other person and, you know, they say how much they, they, they hate them or dislike them or uh, how terrible they were to them or, or whatever... I'm like, okay, but where, where are you taking responsibility for your role in that relationship? And if you aren't taking responsibility for your role in that relationship, are you also not going to take responsibility for your role in this relationship? These are the questions that come into my head when I hear somebody talk really, really poorly about their ex and, and in a very sort of emotionally charged way, there's a lot of shit there that still has to be dealt with. So please watch for that. That is a really big one. I, I cannot underscore that enough. And that is not to say that you, that you need to write someone off. It, none of these things on this list mean that, that, you know, even if you do notice these things coming up, that you suddenly just write someone off. It's not that. We are just observing. We are gathering data. And they are just things to be conscious of. Okay? That's, that's what I'm trying to, to say here. So... How someone talks about their ex, that is the most important thing on this list. Please pay attention to that, okay? The second one, what is their relationship to trust? Are they trusting? Are they a trusting human? Are they trusting of you? Are they trusting of others? Um, I, I dated a guy once who had a very cynical view of humans and was quite distrusting. It didn't appear to be distrusting of me, but he, he seemed to be very distrusting in general. And part of it was due to the nature of his job, but, but part of it was also little tidbits that I picked up from him around stories that he shared with me about instances in the past when he used to have a very different relationship with honesty and, and where he was more dishonest in the past. And he was very self-aware about that, which I, I really appreciated. So that was another part of my observation was going, wow, okay, you know, he's, he's being upfront with me and he's also very self-aware about those, those previous aspects of, of a past version of him. So that was really, that was really great. But uh, my friend Jade Tita and I actually get into to the nuances of this more in episode 293 around, we did an entire episode about uh, betrayal. And something that both of us have, have observed and, and learned about the human condition is that people who are very distrusting tend to have a not great relationship with honesty. And a very brief example that, that I, I give in episode 293 as well is that a past partner of mine who um, 
did not have a good relationship with honesty and was very dishonest for many, many years while we were in a relationship together. He, when that relationship ended, he said to me at some point in the aftermath, how will I ever trust anyone again? And whenever I tell people that in, in conjunction with the story of, of how our relationship played out, they're shocked because they're like, what do you mean he said that to you? Like you should have been saying that to him. And I said, but I saw so crystal clear in that moment that because he lied to everyone, he then had seen the underbelly and he then expected everyone else to lie to him as opposed to trusting people. So what is this, this person that you are observing, that you are getting to know, what is their relationship to trust? And again, these are, we're just, we're gathering data. We're gathering observations. If, if someone is very distrusting of other people, that does not mean that they are dishonest. It's not a, a one equals the other. It's simply something to be aware of. And there are other factors that can play into this. Like what is their sort of past relationship history? That can play a role. But if they have healed in a lot of ways, hopefully they have worked through some of those issues too. And additionally, uh, yeah, maybe it can be their job. No, their job might play a role. If they're working with um, people all day long who are not terribly trustworthy individuals, then that might impact uh, and give them a, it might impact how they view others and give them potentially a little bit more cynical view in the world. So hopefully that's not the case, but that's something to pay attention to, okay? Um, do they have friends or other close platonic relationships? <laughs> this is something to notice, <laughs> and it might sound silly because you might be thinking like, do they have friends? I fucking hope they have friends. Exactly. <laughs> I hope they have friends too, for your sake. <laughs> there's there's a, a number of different reasons why we need to pay attention to this. One is simply their ability to relate to others. In, in, a, in a familial way, um, and I don't just mean a blood family, I mean the people that they have chosen as their family, maybe, right? Um, their, their friendships, you know, do they have other, other close relationships in their life? Because that's going to give you a little bit of a view into their ability to maintain relationships with others. There's, there's someone um, that I knew who tended to make close friendships, uh, like platonic friendships, very, very quickly. And what I ended up observing in this person was that this person would also kind of burn through those friendships very quickly. So they would start very quickly and then they would burn out very quickly. And, and it was mostly this, this person who was controlling that. Like some of these other people wanted to maintain the friendships, but there were things that, there were ways that, that, that they were showing up that was creating the, the severance of these relationships in a lot of ways. And it seemed like this person kind of had a, a graveyard of past best friends, essentially. And these are the kinds of things that, that we have to pay attention to because how someone, you, you, also, you also don't want to be this other person's entire world because that can lead to a lot of codependency, um, just really sort of unhealthy relationship dynamics. You want to engage with someone who has like a, like a healthy, happy, thriving life, at least hopefully in most areas. Listen, none of us all have our shit together. Like it, it, none of us do. 
But you want to make sure that this person has the ability to connect with other humans who are not necessarily just you. So just, just keep an eye on that. That's something to just notice. Does this person approve of literally everything you do? And this, this might sound like a weird one. Like, why, why would that be a bad thing? It's not necessarily a bad thing at all. It's, this is one, this one carries a lot, like even more nuance than some of the other things that I'm going to mention. But if someone, and, and not just, you know, immediately, this one is, is one that you want to observe a little bit more over the slightly longer term, because when you first meet someone and if you really connect and you have a great connection, you got great chemistry, whatever that is, uh, you probably will kind of feel like they approve of everything you do and you probably approve of just about everything they do. And, and that's, that's great. That's part of that initial excitement if it's the right person. Over a slightly longer period of time, if someone is approving of literally every single thing you do, my only concern with that is are they going along to get along? Like they might not be sharing their real opinions with you or perhaps they don't really see you, like truly see you. And... Are you allowing them to truly see you or are you trying to filter their experience so they only see you in the most favorable light? You have a responsibility here to check yourself too because we, we can't just point fingers. We don't do that around here. We do not do that on the Earn to Grow Up podcast. We check in with, with what's going on inside first before we start pointing fingers at anybody else. So you take responsibility for that and go, okay, am I allowing them to see maybe the messier parts of me? Am I allowing them to see the full picture or am I hiding parts of myself so that they only get the, the A plus rock star version of me? And that's another entire conversation. But if someone is, is approving of literally every single thing that you do, like I don't buy into the idea that we never need validation from our partners. We're, we're fucking human. Of course, we're going to need validation from our partners sometimes. And we, we both want and need approval sometimes, especially from those closest to us. So it's not to take away from that, but if you're engaged with someone who never ever has anything to disagree with you about and never, you know, a, a lack of conflict entirely is actually not a good thing. I've, I've spoken about that on the podcast before. I will continue to, to talk about that. If you never have a disagreement with someone, there are a lot of things that are going unsaid on both sides. And Disagreement and conflict is actually necessary to help build intimacy. I realize that that sounds counter, counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true. I'm not talking about conflict like throwing things at one another. I'm just talking about being able to create a space where both of you can voice your opinions. And even if you end up agreeing to disagree, that you are still having those conversations because those conversations are where the connection is born. And when you have a disagreement and, and perhaps a, a kind of a, a fracture, an argument even, wh whatever that ends up looking like, the repair is where the beauty is born. The repair is where you can actually really strengthen your connection and create a more intimate connection with that person. So don't ever be afraid of, of conflict. And I realize that's easier said than done, but try not to be afraid of conflict and approach it in a reasonable way and speak your truth because you speaking your truth is also going to give the other person permission to speak their truth as well. So this is really, really important, okay? 
This is one I always watch out for and have for many, many, many years, ever since I first started dating I, years ago. <laughs> As like a teenager, I started paying attention to this. Please watch how someone treats waitstaff and anyone who could be considered below their station or status somehow, so-called. Okay, please watch that. Um, that's one I might go on, out on a limb on and say if someone mistreats the waitstaff, you may not want to be in a relationship with them. <laughs> you, you can maybe quote me on that. <laughs> that's, that's one to be very conscious to. Um, I, I realize that perhaps I'm biased because I worked in the service industry for a long time years ago. I was a bartender for many, many years. But everyone I've ever talked to has said that they pay close attention to that one as well. That's a pretty common one. So I'm sure that's not the first time that you're either hearing or thinking about that. But it needed to be mentioned. That's, that's one to definitely observe. Another big one here is what is the other person like when they're stressed? How do they respond if something doesn't go their way? How do they behave and treat you and others when they're tired, when they're traveling, when they're under pressure? And these types of questions can only be answered usually after you've spent more time with someone. These aren't the types of things that can be observed usually on like dates, I don't know, one through five typically. <laughs> it's usually going to take a bit more time to actually get to see that because whenever we, we start dating someone new, even if we are showing up really openly and honestly, we're, we're still, this is very human, we're, we're still kind of just putting our best foot forward, right? And because we want to present the, the best parts of ourselves. That is human. You are not being dishonest by, by doing that as long as you are still standing true to your values and your boundaries and, and all of those things. But over time, this is when we really start to get to know someone. And this is where there's a lot of value in, in taking the time to get to know someone. Because you'll see these other versions of themselves and they will see other versions of you too. And I know that that can be scary, but we're here for the mess. We're, we're, this is the room to grow podcast. We're here to grow. <laughs> so allow them to see these parts of you and observe those parts in them. And that is, is again, it, you know, how they treat others, how they treat you when circumstances are not 10 out of 10 ideal. Those are the moments that our true selves can come forth in a lot of ways. doesn't mean our best selves, like no one no one is having a good time if you are jet lagged and you are an hour like 12 of an airport delay and you've been subsisting off of, I don't know, like airplane snacks all day um, and you're just trying to get home and you're cranky. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You're, you're hangry. Trust me, I'm not, I'm not a good time when I'm hangry. <laughs> so, but, but all of us have these aspects of ourselves. And it doesn't mean that we will be our best selves 100% of the time because nobody is. But just, just be conscious of how someone shows up when circumstances are not ideal. Another question to ask here is, are they open? Is the other person open? And I mean this in every sense of the word. Are they emo open emotionally and otherwise? Uh, you know, physically as well. Like, do, do you feel that they're holding back physically from you a huge amount? That's, that's another whole part of it in the bedroom, right? Are they open to new experiences? Are they open to learning and growing from each other and in general? 
Are they open to growth, right? This is, this is a big one. Or is somebody very closed? And again, these are things that, that may take a little bit longer to come out. These are going to come out over time a little bit more. Related to that is closed, like somebody being closed as opposed to open. I also tend to think of as um, like rigidity or, or inflexibility. That is not an attractive quality to me. It, it might be to you, but for most people I talk to, that, that's not really a, a very attractive quality because there's a difference between knowing yourself and being very clear on your likes, your dislikes, your boundaries, your values, who you are as a human, all of those things. Those are very important things versus being completely closed off to doing anything that is remotely out of your routine or wheelhouse. There's a big difference. There was, there was one situation where um, I was on a date with, with somebody that I've been seeing for a while, not a long time, but we had been seeing each other for a little while. And, uh, he wanted to go check out this, this place that was related to an extracurricular activity that he participated in that I didn't really have much interest in, but I was like, Hey, that's cool. I'll, I'll literally like go along for, for the drive to go to this place that you want to go visit. And then we went to get lunch afterwards and it was right by a bookstore. I love me a bookstore. <laughs> I love a bookstore, okay? I am a nerd. I was the child who was like sitting on my front step for my entire childhood reading books and being made fun of because the kids said I was going to be a librarian, okay? I Trust me, bookstores are my happy place. So there was a bookstore right, right next to it. And it was one of my favorite bookstores. And I was so excited. And I was like, oh, you know, like, could we just like run in? And he was just deadpan, like, no. And I kind of, I, I thought I'd sort of test a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, how serious is he on this? Like, is he just, because I'm thinking to myself, how do you not love a bookstore? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. And then I kind of asked again when we came out of the restaurant and he just reiterated how much he hated bookstores. And I, I said to him later, I'm like, you know, that just, that concerned me because, especially because it was pretty early when we were dating and, and I already knew that it wasn't going to, it, it was not going to be a serious relationship anyway. Um, I knew that right away as, as soon as we met, but I, I still wanted to just, I said to him, it concerned me that something that you wanted to do, even though I didn't really have any personal interest in it, I was happy to, to do that thing. But when I wanted to do something, you wanted nothing to do with it. And especially that early on in the relationship, I was like, this is not going to play out well over longer term. So that, that's something to just be cognizant of. Another thing related to the rigidity and inflexibility, um, you can listen to episode 296 also with Dr. Jade. <laughs> he and I are doing uh, more, more podcasts together later this year. We have some projects going on related to this sort of all this relationship work that we've been doing together that uh, we'll be talking about more in the fall. But um, you can listen up to 296 all about age gap relationships and compatibility. And I, as I, as we talk about in that episode, I'm someone who has um, at times dated much older than me. And I do sometimes, not always, but sometimes I do notice a little bit more of, of, a rigidity and inflexibility when I date somebody significantly older than me. And I'm not sure if that's 
Um, maybe just because if someone has been single for a really long time and they've gotten very sort of set in their ways and, and used to doing their own thing or what it is, but that's, it's just something to, to be aware of. It's just something to observe. Again, these are just things to observe, just things to, to notice. And just, we're not because we're keeping, the other thing is we're not keeping, you know, a checklist exactly in our head of going, well, these are all the things wrong with the person. It's not that. These are not tests. These are not checklists. These are just observations. You are, dating is, is a vetting process. And actually, Jade and I talk about that a huge amount in episode, I believe it's episode 291 about confident detachment, which has become, uh, I believe, the third most downloaded podcast episode on this entire podcast. It has been so popular. People fucking love that episode. So please go listen to it if you haven't yet, because we packed a ton of valuable info into that one. And we talk about the fact that dating, like you're always vetting people. Dating is a vetting process. And we, these observations help you to determine if this person is compatible with, with you and vice versa. Are you compatible with them? Are, are your lifestyles compatible with each other? There's a lot to consider here. And, and if you're just having a fling or whatever, fine, like do your thing. But if you are someone who's looking for an actual relationship, these things are going to be much more important. And we have to really take a lot of things into consideration to find the partner that is right for us and to see that if we are the right fit for them. And there has to be a meeting in the middle somewhere. Which leads me into my next point of things to observe and, and be conscious of. Diving in headfirst before you even know each other. And again, if, if you are just looking to have a very short-term relationship and, and both of you are honest and open with each other about that being the, tension, the intention, great. Go do your thing. Go do each other. Whatever you want to do, okay? <laughs> but if you are someone who is looking for something longer term and, and you have communicated that and all those things, just be a little bit conscious to relationships that develop very fast. And... Yes, I get it. Sometimes it feels like the stars align and, and all the things are right and, and all of that. I get it. But when you have only known someone for a few days, a few weeks, even, even a few months, you don't really know them, know them. You are still learning about them and there's still so much to, for them to see in you, for you to see in them to just be aware of that. It is not to say, you know, to put rules on anything, nothing like that. I'm just saying maybe don't completely throw caution to the wind and not even pay attention to any of these potential incompatibilities. That's all I'll say about that one. Consistency. This is a big one to, to pay attention to. I've told people this before. Consistency. What does consistency really mean? Okay. Consistency is very easy. It's super easy to be consistent for the short term. We all know this, right? You know, the, the people who will uh, make a New Year's resolution and they, they go strong for the first like two, three weeks and then completely fall off the wagon if it's, you know, going to the gym or whatever their resolution is. Consistency is what happens over the long term. So let's just use workouts as an example. If you are making a commitment to yourself to start working out uh, five days a week, if you only look at a particular week or even a particular month where maybe you didn't go as often, you can go, oh, like, I feel like I'm not hitting my, my goals on this. 
But if you look at the entire year and most of the time, let's say 75% of the time you hit that goal of, of going to the gym five times a week, that is consistent. That's incredibly consistent. So this is what I'm talking about with consistency in relationships too, that anyone can be consistent in the short term. And this goes for you or for them. But if, if you're looking for true consistency and, and sort of stability and creating the safety within that relationship, consistency is what happens over a longer period of time where someone continues to show up for you and you for them, right? So this is kind of tied into the last point about the just being aware of diving head first into things before you even really know each other because you can think that somebody is super consistent right away and yeah they, they might be and that's awesome I'm, I'm thrilled for you about that but is that consistency going to be sustained the only way you will know that is with time it's with time so again just being aware of that curiosity is another big one does the other person ask questions about you and do they listen and, and leave space for you to give answers to those questions as well? Or do they talk over you when you respond? Or do they not really show any interest in you at all? And they're just too busy talking about themselves constantly. All of those things we, we have to really pay attention to. That doesn't feel good. If somebody doesn't even want to know about us, we're like, well, why am I here? <laughs> what, what, why am I here? This is supposed to be a, a conversation where we're finding out about each other, not just this one-sided situation. So pay attention to that. I've got some episodes to reference to you on that one as well. So I'll list those in the show notes. Uh, do, do you make each other laugh? Do you make each other laugh? What, sense of humor is one of the biggest things that, that people, men, women, anyone in between, look for in a partner. And there's a reason for that. Because playfulness is an incredibly important factor to the longevity and the quality of any relationship. And if you don't make each other laugh in the beginning, you're probably not going to be making each other laugh five years from now. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. So you want to pay attention to that. Do things feel super serious and, and heavy and, and all of those things? Or is there, is there a quality of lightness? Is there a playfulness, right? I've, I've seen that play out before where, where the, the initial connection was was good but maybe there was just a lot of heaviness weighing it down from one side or the other that doesn't really bode well for longevity so that's again just something to to think about is there a sense of ease with the other person and calm and peace because we often associate things like butterflies feeling the butterflies in the stomach as a sign of interest but Disney kind of gave us that bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney basically fed us that. We need to reverse some Disney stories. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm building my career on reversing the things that Disney has taught us as being completely normal. <laughs> so when you're with this other person, is there a sense of ease and peace and calm? I go into this a lot more on my highly high, this is another very popular episode with people, uh, episode 269 about the right people feel different to your nervous system. And I talk about that more, the, the entire aspect with the way the nervous system responds to people and the butterflies in the stomach. And you know, yes, your, your, your nervous system will recognize usually when you're around the right people. Now, 
the caveat that I will put on that is that if the way you grew up and if all of your major romantic relationships have been, have been very um, inconsistent, disruptive, um, very just if there's been a lot of upheaval in your relationships, then if the right person walks right in front of you and things are very calm and peaceful and, and you don't feel the butterflies and all those things, you might actually mistake that as a total lack of interest. Even though it's actually your nervous system searching for the familiar. It's, it's searching for the familiar, for the comfortable, and you, you are comfortable in what is very actually not calm. You, you're, you're actually far more comfortable with the dis-ease of certain relationships. Whereas when the, the person comes along who has all the qualities you're looking for, makes you like feel all the things and makes you feel like safe and loved and cared for and, and they're consistent and, and all the things that, that you might be looking for, whatever it is that you're looking for, they're communicative, they're loyal, they're, they're trustworthy, all of that, then your nervous system might feel that ease with them, but you might go, ooh, but that, no, that can't be right. So that's something to notice as well, and that's going to vary wildly depending on each individual's uh, personal history. So that's one of the things that I work with people around as well, is identifying some of that and, and finding ways to work through it too and, and changing your patterns, like identifying and shattering patterns that are no longer serving you and writing yourself some new fucking stories because it's time. It's time to step into your main character energy. And that's one of the reasons why I did this episode is because I want to empower you to help, help add to your toolbox of what you're looking for. And, and you will always be the one who knows what is best for you. So this just gives you a few extra tools to observe uh, about people to think about. And the, the last thing I'll say is when it comes to um, paying attention to like things to pay attention to are the silences with someone comfortable this is an interesting one because when we're first getting to know someone uh, we might feel like we maybe need to fill the silences because sometimes that level of comfort might come a little bit more over time right but also in my experience with the right people you won't feel the need to fill that space that space will just exist sometimes in between comments and an in-between conversation. And you can allow that space to just be without panicking about needing, okay, like, oh my God, what should I say to like fill this silence? And one of the things that I'll say about that is that a lot of times, maybe we aren't comfortable with silence in general which is why one of the things that I always recommend to people is getting comfortable with silence. So I often give this out on, as homework. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you have heard me say this before, I will continue to say it again. You need to have at least five minutes of silence with no screens, no distractions, no earbuds to yourself every day. People ask me all the time, how do I tune into my intuition? How do I um, how do I get to, to figure out this, this thing that I'm grappling with? How do I know the answer to this? This is how you do it. 
people want to to be able to listen to their intuition more, but they're not willing to give the space for the answers to come in because it feels very uncomfortable, especially if it's not something that you're used to. But anyone can take five minutes a day. So this is like, and, and I say five minutes because I'm, I'm very conscious of, you know, people having kids and like all these things that can very much get in the way of this. So just five minutes a day. Commit to yourself to five minutes a day of silence. You can even do it while you're walking. I, I, you can even do it while you're driving, but I would prefer that if you're going to be doing something while, while you're experiencing this silence, that it be something where you can't just tune out quite as much. And, and I find we can be a little bit more conscious when we're out in nature as opposed to driving. You know those moments where you get to work and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> that isn't good. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want you to have that experience. I want you to be a little bit more conscious to experiencing the silence. So give yourself five minutes of silence every day. And as you become more comfortable with the silences, you probably won't be as uncomfortable when there is a moment or two or even just a few seconds of silence in conversation with someone else. Now, that depends on the dynamic. And that's what I'm saying here is to, is to observe how you feel about silences with a particular person. And do they feel comfortable? Are you okay with that? Is, is the other person okay with that? That's something just to notice. So I hope that this has given you some, again, just some tools for your toolbox to think about, to observe. These are not tests, um, nothing like that. It's just things to notice about other people and to notice about ourselves too. Like there are things on this list that you might be going, ooh, like I, I do that or I maybe don't love how I show up in that way or whatever. And that's okay because that, that level of self-awareness allows you to now take responsibility for that and to think about, okay, what is it that I don't like about this and how can I change it? Or what is it that is causing me to show up this particular way? Or is there something or someone that I need to let go of or do more work around or, or whatever? Um, and that's, but while still keeping in mind that we also heal in relationship too. We do heal in relationship. So that's why I say these are not, these are not um, things that we are, some sort of rigmarole that we're putting people through that will determine if they're qualified enough to, to date us. Like, it's not that. It's just that everything is a vetting process overall and that we're just observing. We're just observing and we're showing up in a confidently detached way that if something doesn't work out with someone, it's okay. It's okay that there will be others who will come along who will be a better fit for you and that everything is an opportunity to learn and grow from. So let me know how this lands. I'd love to hear it. So send me a DM over at Emily Goff Coach or uh, I also have a brand new website that, oh my goodness, like my web designer, Madison, uh, Madison Cabrick, it, her information is all listed. And if you want her information, please let me know. I will send it to you or her. I'll, I will send you towards her is what I meant to say. She has been a dear friend for several years and she built me a home. She completely redid my, my brand and website from top to bottom. And there is, it, my website is now like an entire journey to explore. <laughs> so if you've never been on my website, go now. <laughs> because it, it now, she found a way to infuse me and my energy into every square inch of it. And I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. And I really feel like she built me a home. Um, 
it's just, I, I, I almost got like emotional when she finished it because I just looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, you built me a home. <laughs> you built me a home on the internet. Thank you. <laughs> so go check it out. My five years in business, I have never truly felt like I had a, a digital home on the internet and now I do. So go to emilygoffcoaching.com um, or just go to roomtogrowpodcast.com and it'll all take you to the same place. And thank you so much for listening and let me know how this goes. Let me know how it lands. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.